You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. Forty-four and fifteen, God's people went astray. They got off the right path. They got off the right path. The blessing in verse fifteen is that. The Lord mentions three different groups of people who we will consider ministers that did not go astray. They continued to to think, talk, and do according to the written and revealed will of God. Despite them witnessing others leave God, they knew that the best and safest place to be was the will of God. You got to know when everything around you is going wrong that the best thing for you to do is to stay in God's will. You have to have in you that no matter what you hear, no matter what you see, that the best and safest place to be is in his will. You have to know that. You have to know that at all times. When you're going through a fiery trial, you have to have in you, I just got to keep praying. I just got to stay in God's will. I cannot allow what's going on internally nor externally to cause me to get off the path that God has, has placed me on. I got to stay in his will. You understand me? And so... The ministers that stayed in the will of God, God would use them to help his people get back on the right path. He would use them. He would use them to... completely 
transformed from being out of the will to getting back in the will. And, and sometimes it's, it's, it's a difficult transition when, when you have got off the path to get back on the path. One reason because of demons. Lust. Temptation. And whatever you have allowed to trap or snare you. It's not always easy to get, to get loose from something that you enjoy. I said it's not always to easy to get loose from something that you enjoy. And see, the Lord knew he had to use somebody that was in the will of God to help those who had gotten out of his word. Because it was going to take what we call the anointing. Some things can only be broken with God's anointing. The anointing is that which destroys yokes that which has has ensnared you that which has gotten a hold of your of your mind especially because when you get ensnared a trap the the biggest battle you go through is right here the biggest battle is right here if you can get your mind out, you'll start talking right. You'll start doing right. But you have to get your mind out of it of the trap first. Paul even told the brethren in, in Romans 12... And two, that they needed to be transformed by the renewing of their mind in order to know the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Now, these were brethren. And likewise, here in Ezekiel, the ministers would have to deal with folks that knew God but had allowed certain things to get them out of the will of God. And so, no doubt, even though we don't see it in the text, they, they had to allow the anointing of God to first start working on the people's mind. I used to think that the greatest battle you, you could ever encounter was physical. But upon getting wise and going through trial after trial after trial as well as obtaining victory on top of victory, I have found out the greatest 
battle is in the mind. And the greatest victory likewise is in the mind. If I, if I can defeat whatever I'm going through up here, I'm going to be okay. And that's all of us. If, if you can just get your mind in the right place, you're going to get the victory. I don't care what you're going through physically, just get your mind in the right place. I don't care what you're going through financially, just get your mind in the right place and you're going to be okay. I said, and you're going to be okay. It's the reason Solomon said in, in part, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Your mind can cause your body to act wrong or right. Your mind can cause you to look at your situation uh, in, through the eyes of God or through the eyes of flesh. It starts in the head. It starts in, in the mind. Are y'all with me? And so the Lord would, would use the ministers to teach his children to teach and to teach from a primitive archaic standpoint is to cause to flow like water to cause to flow like water. Hence, when you receive an impartation of knowledge and understanding from an anointed vessel, you're going to experience freedom. And it'll be just like water, how it just flows freely. All you got to do is cut that faucet on and it's going to come out and it's just going to flow freely. But it's going to take the faucet being turned on. It's going to take the anointing of God to free completely. And the water in Scripture in one sense, represents the spirit, Jesus, which both equate truth. And Jesus said in John 8, 31 and 32 in Paul, and you shall know the truth. You're going to be taught the truth. And the truth going to make you free. It, it, it'll make you look at things in a way you never looked at them before. It'll make you look at yourself in a way you never looked at yourself before. Yeah. Because see, sometimes we, we, 
we, we be looking at ourselves in our light instead of God's light. And, and, and depending on your mindset, you can look at yourself as being little, ignorant, crazy, just like your kinfolk. Oh, don't act like that. You done looked at yourself in a lot of ways. Especially when something happens. You, you, you'll start putting yourself down when certain things happen. But when you ever start seeing yourself like God sees you, that's when you're going to experience freedom. If you ever start seeing yourself out the hole like God sees you. God says about us when we're going through battles, you're an heir of God and a joint heir with Christ. Said to Gideon when Gideon was hiding from the enemies, scared, you're a mighty man of valor. He did not look at where he was physically. He wanted to convince Gideon mentally of who he was. You can never allow where you are physically or financially to determine your destiny. Your destiny, child of God, has to be according to what is written and revealed. I said your Destiny has to be determined according to what is written and revealed. And you have to start thinking it, and then you have to start talking like God. How do you talk like God? God speaks those things that are not as though they were. You, had, you have to start speaking about yourself in reference to what God has put, put in your mind, put in your heart, instead of looking at your, your situations. You got to see yourself differently. What was it that caused David to not be fearful of, of Goliath, even though everybody else was? His mindset. It was his mindset. He never allowed what he saw physically to change his mind about God. You can never allow what you experience financially to change your mindset about God. You are a giver. And though you're going through a financial struggle, God said, I'm going to open up the windows of heaven, pour you out a blessing. You ain't going to have room to receive. Or what Deacon Tarbert dealt with uh, Sunday. You are a giver, and God is going to take you through four levels, the good measure, the press, the shaking, and the running. You got to see yourself up here and not where you presently are. So they were going to teach them in order for something to be broke. But the conclusion was going to be they were going to flow like 
water. Going to be free. Going to be free. Is nothing like being in the midst of an opposing situation. But in your mind, you know you're going to win. Nothing like hearing words that are completely the opposite of what God has told you. But in your mind, you're free. You're not allowing those words to kill your dream, to kill your destiny. Because you know who has the final say. Ooh, I said you know who has the final say. Matter of fact, just go ahead and tell somebody who has the final say. But understand also that to teach is to equip with what is essential and important. God going to make sure you get what you need. Yes, he is. Every week you're going to get exactly what you need. You're going to get exactly what you need, not to shout on, not to dance on, not, not that only, but to deal with whatever you know going to happen throughout the week as well as things you ain't got a clue about. God will prepare you ahead of time. How can he do that? He's omniscient. He already sees what you're going to be facing before you do. And see, that's the reason the Hebrew writer deemed him in reference to our connection with him, the author and the finisher of our faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. God will give you a word that's so perfect that it'll help you deal again with whatever you know you're going to face and things you don't have a clue about. So he was going to equip them. But then when it, when, it, when it comes to Ezekiel 44 and 23. He was going to teach God's people. And he was going to use things that were in contrast to one another. Yeah, that's, that's how he was going to teach it. He was going to use things that were in contrast to one another in order to get them back on the path they had left and to stay there. And so notice, notice, it's, it's, it's basically... Two groups of things that, that, he, that he uses. Y'all stay with me. We're going to deal with it. He says here in Ezekiel 44 and 23 again. And they shall teach my people the difference between the holy 
and the unholy. The holy is that which pertains to God. Yeah. Whether it's the Holy Spirit, His church, songs of Zion, how to talk, how to think, how to act in church, how to act outside of church. Whatever is holy has to do with, with God. Whatever is unholy does not have any connection to God. Period. No connection. And see, you, you have to be able to, dis, to discern or know the difference between what is of God and what is not of God. And, and you can't take folks' word for it. You got to know for yourself. Because see, what messed up Eve is she took the serpent's word for something and it messed her up. God had already told Eve and her husband. Don't eat from that tree back there. That's holy. Don't touch it. So God had already told her what not to touch. But here comes Satan. And I'm going to tell you something about Satan that you really need to understand when, when it comes to uh, how he would get you to, be, to start doing what is unholy. Satan will always try to make something appealing. And, and I'm, th think about it. With Eve, he made that tree so appealing until she finally did something unholy. Thousands of years later, he tries to make Things appealing to a hungry Jesus. See them rocks right there? If you the son of God, you can turn that. You can turn them in, into some bread. You hungry, you go ahead and turn them into them. If you the son of God, why don't you just go ahead and He'll always try to put something before you that's, that's appealing. Because of who he is, he's the, he's the tempter. He's going to try to make it better than what it is. Well, see, Jesus knew that he was trying to get him to partake of the unholy. Because when, when Satan tried to make something appeal, and Jesus just put on him time and time again, it is written. 
letting Satan know, y'all holding on? I done been taught. I can discern. I know the difference between me using my power the way you want me to use it versus the way God done told me to use it. He allowed what he had been taught, what he knew, to come forth in order to defeat the tempter. You got to use what you know. You got to use what you have been taught. It's amazing. Sometimes we, we, we get in a situation and we don't use what we done been taught. I, I, I mean, and, and sometimes it be real plain. I, I have said up here when you know that, that something is going on, sometimes all you got to do is just walk away. But then when you get in that situation, You'll just stay there. You'll stay in the worst place. Hold your peace and let God fight your battle. But no, she done cuss you out. You just can't let that go. But you done been taught. Look. You bigger than that. You don't, you don't have to, you don't have to do that. You don't have to get in the trash can. What just So he, he wanted them to understand point blank the difference between holy and unholy. Holy has to do with God. Now let me show this significance when it, when it comes to saints, to the church, and being spirit-led. Let's go to uh, 1 Peter. Y'all all right? Just stay with me a little, little longer. I'm almost there. First Peter chapter 1. We're going to read verses 15 and 16. I'll deal with verses 15 and 16. Now Peter was talking to uh, a number of churches. Churches of Asia Minor. This is what he says to them. First Peter 1 15. But it's he who called you. Is holy. You also be what? You also be what? You also be what? Now get this. Holy is another word, and we're gonna we're gonna deal with holy holy again. It back in Ezekiel, but holy and unclean mean basically the same thing. But he who well, let me, let me go back to 1 Peter because I want, you, I want to read it just the way it is. But he who called you is holy. You also be, help me again, holy. in all your because it is written, be holy for God. God is holy. But he wants us to be clean or holy where? In conduct. Look at it. In conduct. 
primary meaning of conduct is your behavior. Can we simplify? Tell somebody, you need to think, talk, and act like God. In private. And in public. In church. And outside of church. You need to be clean. In the church and outside the church. Y'all all right? All right, let's go back to Ezekiel and let's close. So, and they shall teach my people the difference between holy and and cause them to discern between the what? And the what? Which is basically the same thing. He's trying to get in them that you need to be holy. You need to be holy. He uses words that are synonymous. You need to be holy. We know we need to be holy because God is holy. Now, the twist when it comes to, one twist when it comes to being clean speaks about our lifestyle. Not just our behavior, our, our lifestyle. And I know that they, they are synonymous. But basically when he talks about being clean and lifestyle is a reference to what God told his people to be in the Old and the New Testament. One little word. Just. Just. When it comes to God and, and, and how we should be, we got to be holy. But then when you live in a clean life, the only way you're going to live a clean life is by being just. The just shall live by faith. I got to show you something, though. Go with me to Habakkuk. Book of Habakkuk. Habakkuk is, is uh, close to Malachi. I know we are familiar with with Malachi. A buck of two and four. Ready? Behold the proud. I hear some of y'all turning. Let me know when you get there. Don't be embarrassed. Let me know when you get there. Say it a little louder. You there? All right. Habakkuk 2 and 4. Behold the proud, his soul is not, help me. We don't have nobody that's proud in here, do we? God hates a proud look. 
So ain't no telling how he felt about you if you just point blank proud. But the latter part of the verse says, but the just shall live by what? Whose faith? You got to live by what you hear and put into action. Faith without works is what? You have to live by what you hear and put into action. James said, don't just be a hearer. Don't just be a hearer of the word, but a doer also. And James says that if a person hears and does, that person going to be blessed in all that he does. Can you imagine just putting into action what you hear and then you being blessed in every aspect of your life? Now, if there is truly a devil, which there is, if there are truly demons, which, yeah, we got demons, do you think the demon going to let you have a little cakewalk? When you start to live by faith, guess who's going to try to inter interrupt your, your walk, your life? Demons. Yeah. And if that was not enough, you have an enemy that, that, that's with you everywhere you go. The flesh. The flesh, likewise, is going to try to interrupt your walk or your life. Yes, you, you have to know this. You have to, you have to know this. You have to discern this in order to deal with it the right way. You have to dis, you have to discern that that when certain things happen that that this is just the flesh that's trying to stop me from living just. You have to recognize what's going on in reference to the flesh, in reference to demons and and even in reference to what you see. Cuz according to 2 Corinthians 5 and 7, when you start trying to walk by faith, Sight going to start tripping. For we walk by, not by. You start walking by faith or living according to what you done heard and you putting into action. Something go, so you'll start seeing something that's trying to convince you the way you're walking or the way you're thinking is not right. But sight, figuratively speaking, has to do with your senses. You'll get to walking in the will of God and, and, and you'll just be expecting something to happen on a Friday. It don't happen on no Friday and you'll get to feeling like you need an alternative. But see, you have, you have to disearn that no matter what your flesh, demons, sight, and so forth 
put before you that living justly is the right thing to do. But, but understand this, just like, just like the priest in the text, only thing I can do is tell you the difference between the holy and the unholy and the clean and the unclean. Right? It's going to be up to you to put it into action. Habakkuk 2 and 4 says, the just shall live by hills. His or her faith. That means you got to be attentive when you come to church. That means if somebody want to have a little, little conversation with you every time you come to church, you're you going to have to tell that person, look, you need to move because you're disturbing me or you need to just be rude and get up and leave them. And if they ask you why you was, you was rude getting up and moving, tell them you, you come to church to get what you need to live. You could miss one important point. That you need in order to deal with something during the week. Because you got somebody beside you that want to talk about what's going to be on TV tonight. Y'all all right? So he taught them, he taught them about being holy, unholy, clean, and unclean. When you consider all that he put before them, no question about it if they live a life of being holy clean or just blessings were going to come so let's, let, let's consider that from, from two scripture standpoints and I'm going to be done This just gravy. You should already have. You should already have what you need. It's just a little gravy on top of it. That's all it is. Just gravy. And the gravy gonna start in Proverbs four. Yeah, we we got what we need. You you know the difference. So now, you just need to discern. Proverbs 4 and 18. Ready? But the path of the just is like the shining what? That shines ever brighter unto what? Now they had got off the path, but if they live holy, clean, or just, look at what's going to happen. The path of the just is like the shining sun. The sun is many times bigger than the earth, but God uses it 
so we can see. But here he's saying his word is going to be so magnified when you're just to where it's going to be very plain what you need to do. And some of us can say amen to that because, because we know God has showed us things so clear in reference to what we should do. And, and look at the conclusion of it. Look at the conclusion. When you stay on the path that's like a shining sun. Notice, notice the conclusion. That shines ever brighter unto what? That means everything going to work out. All you got to do is just stay on that path. It's shining. And it, you know, man, this is the path, right? I just need to keep... Keep, keep on this path right here. And it's going to shine ever brighter until a perfect day. Everything just going to work out well. Everything going to work out well. Paul said in Romans 8 and 28, all things work together for the good. To who? Those that love God. Those who are the call according to his purpose. It's just going to work out. Man, this is just so, so true. And some of us know it's so true. Somebody can be saying something, but in your mind, God told me just to wait. You hear what folks are saying, but you know in you, God told you to Wait. And when you stand on what God put in your being, spirit-led child of God, it's going to work out in your favor. It's going to be just like that sun that's shining. Let me put some more gravy on it and then I'm going to be done. That was a nice little pool gravy right there, wasn't it? Proverbs 3 and 33. The curse of the Lord is on the house of the wicked or the unholy. Would I be right in saying that? If you're wicked, you're unholy. Would I be right in saying the curse of the Lord is on the house of the unclean? Would I be right in saying that? When you're wicked, you're unholy or unclean. The curse of the Lord is on the house of the wicked, but he blesses. The home of the just. He what? The home of the just. And when he talks about home, he, he's not just talking about that physical house. He's going to bless your family. He's going to bless everything 
that pertains to your house. Perfect example is, is when uh, they put the Ark of the Covenant at Obed-Edom's house. Everything at his house was blessed. Get this. Before that, because David, David's men who were not assigned to carry the Ark of the Covenant carried it in an unholy manner, they experienced a curse. You know, curse ends up in death. And that's what, that's what they experience. At least one of them experienced death to the point to where David said, look, we can't go no further. Let's just, let's just put this over here at Obed-Edom's house. And somebody in Obed-Edom's house, or it may have been three, four, maybe the whole house, they knew how to treat the Ark of the Covenant. They knew. They treated it. They treated it as that which pertains to God. We got to do right by this. And as long as it stayed in his house, his house was blessed. Figuratively, the art represents God's will, a word. Being manifest. That's what it represents. It was that which Israel took to every battle. They took it and they just believed because it represented. It represented the manifested word of God or the manifested presence of God. That it didn't matter who they fought. That God would eventually cause his presence to manifest in such a way that the enemy would be defeated. And guess what? That's what happened too. That's what happened. The Ark of the Covenant was so important to, to in, in, in Samuel's day. Samuel, Israel, and Samuel's son were, were, were not doing the right thing. And so the enemy ended up get, stealing the Ark of the Covenant away. And when they took the Ark of the Covenant, Israel, who had been used to winning, was defeated. And when Eli's son's wife heard about Israel had been defeated and that her, her, her husband had got killed in battle, but then lastly, she heard about that the enemy had stole the Ark of the covenant it so got to her that she had her baby ahead of time and guess what she named the baby Ichabod the spirit of the Lord has departed she didn't name her baby in mention of her husband who had just died her thing was, we, we are in trouble now. 
Because the Spirit of God done, done left us. Hence, that's the reason we need to make sure that we discern with what we have been equipped with. Don't take the teaching for granted. Don't take lightly what God gives us. We can and we count. Use it to deal with whatever you face in life. Amen? Amen. I'm done. Let's give the Lord a hand of praise.